And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting to Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, throughout the nine worlds and beyond, the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. You are tuned to the immortal sounds of... Radio Free Asgard. And hello everybody and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 255. Coming at you, as we always do, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris and I'm your host. Welcome to 2017. New year, new comics, new attitude. Well, maybe not new attitude, but <laughs> everything else about the year is new. And I am recording this on not on New Year's Day, but actually the day after New Year's Day, which is the observed New Year's Day here, here in Chicago. I have the day off. So I'm actually not two weeks ahead at this point because I just had a very nice little two-week break. So here we are back in the new year and we are going to be going back in time. Well, we kind of always are going back in time. But, you know, I've been talking about, you know, doing some different things and I'm looking at different things that I want to cover. And I went back basically and I looked back at the last year's worth of content. Now, obviously, we had kind of a big break in the spring, but we had, you know, I've, I've looked at Hercules, I've looked at Girl Thor, I've looked at Thor's, um, you know, I've looked at kind of a, a variety of things, that old chunk of Thor Volume 2. But really what it seems like we haven't had lately is just a good old-fashioned Thor comic. In fact, the last time we'd actually delved into the Bronze Age books was back in December of 2015. So it has been a while. So I know that some people have been saying, you should cover this, you should cover that. Um, I will tell you, we are going to be going to um, Journey into Mystery. This is something that, that is going to be coming in new into our rotation. Uh, and we're going to be covering the stiff issues from that, but we're not going to do that quite yet. First thing we're going to do is we're going to have the next story arc in The Mighty Thor. And when I say The Mighty Thor, I mean, you know, back in the 1970s. So, uh, without any further ado, let's get on to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, And this week we are starting a little new run here on the Mighty Thor with issue number 189. Cover price a measly 15 cents. June of 1971 is the cover date. Cover art is by John Buscema, Joe Sinnott. Shows Thor standing in the foreground and he's looking at a bunch of firemen. And these firemen are all wrinkly and old. And we have Hela floating in the air, green antlers and all. And he, she is approaching and obviously she's making these firemen age. And she's saying, Thunder God, your time has come. And Thor's saying, Tis Hela, she hath found me at last. And we have the title of the cover blurb. 
The Icy Touch of Death, which turns out to be the title of the story as we open up to the splash page where we also have the credits. Scripted in sparkling splendor by Stan Lee, drawn in dazzling drama by John Buscema, embellished with Exotica Land by Joe Sinnott, lettered with a scratchy pen point by Sam Rosen. And the story where we picked off, you remember, we actually went back to the Eternal story. Remember, uh, you know, when Odin had been been taken over by this evil cosmic being, blah, blah, blah. It's been a long time since we've touched it, so I wouldn't be surprised. But if you want to listen to it, go back to uh, the shows from last December, and you can listen to where we left off. But we... um, Remember where we left off, Hela had decided to spare Odin, but Odin said, well, because she spared me, she's going to come for you, Thor, basically, is what he said. So this is where we actually pick up the story, and Thor is laying on a, it looks like a, a kiddie pool, <laughs> inflatable kiddie pool, in the middle of Odin's throne room, and Sif is is uh, hugging him from behind. The Warriors Three are here, and Odin is up on his throne, he's overlooking everything, and uh, we have a little bit of um, caption here. Hello, the merciless eternal goddess of death hath been defeated in her plan to put an end to all living things. Now the deepest gloom settles over Asgard, for all know full well. Hela shall seek revenge. And Odin speaks. Hela hath failed to conquer Odin. Thus she shall strike at the one nearest and dearest to me. She shall seek to slay the mighty Thor. And Hogan says, Now stand we here, helpless. Our weapons are useless against the power of Hela, says Fandral. My prince, my lord, my true and constant love, I'll pray for thee, I'll fight for thee, and happily would I die for thee, for thou art all to me. I beg thee, hush, my lady, says Thor. Thy loving words do but tear my heart anew. The thunder god is doomed. So be it. What? Did mine ears hear words of surrender? I fear no man, says Thor. I bow to no power, sire, save thine. But well thou knowest, the power of Hela doth rival thine own. As thou art liege of life, she is goddess of death, and as such she be invincible. Though death must conquer in the end, life must resist while breath endures, says Odin. Man and life are one, and hope doth nourish all. No matter how dark the void, somewhere there be light. As I be thy liege, as I be all wise, Odin shall find the way. The answer hath come, so I guess it came to him really quickly. Attend ye my words. No place can hide the thunder god from omnipresent Hela. But if thou be not the god of thunder... And so, yeah, Odin is hatching some sort of plan here. I sense thy meaning, father, says Thor. Thou shalt assume thy human form, be the mortal Donald Blake, and hide thyself upon the distant planet Earth. But Hela is eternal, says Thor. Thor cannot leave the ones he loves forever. Get thee gone, I say. Once thou art safe, the time will come to plan. Let me join thee, my princess, if... I say thee nay, beloved, the danger be too great. Make haste, whilst yet thou canst. And now Thor is, is objecting to it. It's like, but father, must a warrior born flee and hide like a damsel frail? Be gone, my son! Thou hast no other choice. 
And so uh, Odin is casting some sort of a, a spell, I guess, to transport Thor back to Earth. And Sif is, is watching from behind Odin. She says, I'll wait for thee, my love, till time itself hath turned to dust. Farewell, good prince, says Volstagg. Thou ne'er shalt be forgot. If Hela can be foiled, then thou shalt find the way, says Fendril. And so we see a sort of a comet sort of beam lashing out from uh, Odin's throne room, which of course is Thor going back to Earth. And some random person on a horse is like, Heimdall, behold, a glistening, speeding arc of light. Aye, the thunder god is earthward bound. But will Hela not swiftly follow, says Heimdall, which is weird because, well, I guess Heimdall can hear the conversation going on, but he's not really part of it. And then we see other people in Asgard, and there's a caption that says, Throughout the realm, a nameless fear, a numbing dread fills the hearts of all. Hela shall come in search of Thor, and if she finds him not, then who will face her deadly wrath? So, yeah, people are all really scared of Hela. But even as the terror mounts, she who is mistress of the life beyond thinks her awesome thoughts within her silent realm. Awesome, dude. Since time's first dawning, none who live have escaped my deadly touch. And and we are shifting here to Hela's kingdom. So we have, uh, you know, Niflheim or Hell. It's is all foggy and smoggy. And we've got this big sort of weird skull peak mountain thing. And uh, Hela is in there. And it's like, like an icy hall, basically. Yet Odin has challenged me and won. Most dearly must he pay for such gross impertinence. When Hela fells the thunder god, the battle shall be won. Odin's spirit shall be broke, and the touch of death shall rule the day. Then no longer need Hela seek her victims slowly, one by one, with Odin crushed by boundless grief, who will dare to stay my hand. Soon all shall pass through these mists of death, but one thing ever baffles me. Why do the living so fear my touch? And we see Hela, and she's moved over to, like, this big bed, and she's laying down, and we see Hag! Her, her sidekick is coming in, uh, bringing her a big giant... Uh, it looks like a genie bottle, like, for my dream of genie, <laughs> on a tray, but I'm not really sure what it's supposed to be. Do I not bring peace to those who long have borne life's burden? Do I not bring rest at the end of life's weary journey? Do I not banish pain from all who may suffer? Do I not cure all ills and put an end to all wounds? Why then must men hate me and fear my approach? In truth I am gentle, in truth I am fair. To me all are equal, I deny none my embrace. But hold, I sense the presence of another. Let the mists now fade, for I would see his face. And we see that Loki is there, and he's been spying on her. "'Tis Loki, son of Odin, half-brother to the one I seek. "'Hear me, awesome Hela, I come to thee as friend. "'The god of thunder hides, but I can help thee find him. "'Hela needs no help. None who live can ever escape me. "'But why seek you to betray the mighty Thor?' "'Goddess, nay, tis not betrayal in my heart, but tis a sense of justice.' Too long hath Thor escaped thy touch. Too long hath he been the favored son of Odin. Now know you, Hela, Thor hath fled to earth. 
and we shift scenes, and we are in Nornheim, uh, the enchanted land of the Norns, and Balder has gone on a mission to uh, speak to Carnilla, so we see Carnilla's throne room, and she's got her little uh, troll guard people around, and she's sitting on a big yellow rock, and Balder is there. I have come to plead with thee, Carnilla. Use thy magic power to aid the son of Odin. Nay, warrior, no love have I for Asgard. But thou art comely, strong, and brave, and I have love for thee. Renounce thy lord, renounce thy realm, then shall Carnilla serve thee. What sayest thou, my lord? Balder doesn't like hearing that. He pulls the sword out, and the guards are starting to come towards him, and Carnilla says, What? Dare thou draw thy blade against me? No, thou knowest well I'll harm thee not, for Balder shares thy love. Yet so long as thou art Asgard's foe, then thou art mine as well. And, and the guards are rushing him, and one of them is shouting, None may defy the queen of the Norns. Now yield, or taste my steel. Thou sayest yield to Balder? How little thou knowest of Asgard's metal. And he's throwing these guys around pretty easily. And Carnilla's like, cease, cease, Carnilla cries, cease. Not all thy prowess can save the god of thunder. None but Carnilla holds the key. Thou shalt trifle with me no longer. Swear to serve me now and forever, and I'll help thee save the mighty Thor. Refuse, and he surely dies. None but I can tell thee how to save my friend. Deny me, and know that thou hast caused his death. And we see that, that Balder is believing what she's saying here, and he, it looks like he's being convinced by it. May Odin forgive the words that now pass my trembling lips. I do what I do to save my prince. I renounce my liege. I renounce the realm. Carnilla, I serve only thee. And Carnilla's all happy, and she comes up and starts stroking his face. Thou shalt not regret thy choice, my love. I shall bring thee such bliss, such as thou hast never known. But I, the price I pay, my queen. But now the bargain. How shalt thou save the thunder god, says Balder? By telling thee what I do know, what I have seen within the mystic veil. Loki hath sped to Hela to betray the one she seeks. But there is still time to stop him. Drink and Carnilla shall show thee how. And she has this, like, bird bath full of this kind of green goop, and she gets a big old goblet of it, and Balder very foolishly takes a drink of it. Thy brew, it doth burn like a thing alive. The pain will leave, and so wilt thou. Now go, I send thee to the realm of death. There must thou silence the voice of evil Loki. And she waves her, her arms and turns Balder into a giant purple manta ray-looking sort of thing. And we shift scenes to back to Hell. And we have Hela and Loki, and they're still there. And Hela's saying, It matters not that Thor has fled to Earth. Hela's hand is long, it reaches everywhere. But he plans to trick thee whilst on Earth, says Loki. And then Balder comes popping into the picture, a little bit of Kirby crackle, and Balder's standing there, and he shouts, Loki, still thy tongue, else Balder's blade shall do the task. Balder, how comest thou here? Odin had no knowledge of my goal. 
Speak not his name to me again. I serve thy liege no longer. Then Loki need have no fear of thee. Thy naked steel can do no harm to the master of forbidden magic. I need but touch thy useless blade to fell thee with a mystic bolt. And he grabs the tip of Baldur's sword and electrocutes him. Basically, Baldur falls down and apparently has ripped up his, his shirt as well, which really doesn't make that much sense. But anyway, this falling down rips his shirt. It's like he ripped the whole sleeve off. I'll not be felled. I'll not be downed. For the life of Thor I fight. And so Loki summons a magical sword in front of him. He says, let a sword appear before my hands. Now for the life of Thor you die, for this is no simple sword of steel. Vile Loki, thou art a coward till the end, says Balder. It matters not, so long as the end be thine. What good your skill against my mystic blade? And the two of them start to scrap, and Loki gets Balder at sword point here, destroys Balder's sword with a fazang, and Loki says, Ha! With a single blow I have shattered thy sword, just as my second thrust shall take thy life. And Hela is just watching, and she says, Hela grows bored. I have no taste for battle. My realm is ever still and silent, and so shall it remain. And she waves her hand, and the two of them vanish in a puff of mystical mysticism. And they are back in Asgard, uh, just somewhere like this, basically some courtyard somewhere. And, and Loki and, and Balder is like, Asgard, Hela hath sent us back. I cannot strike before watching eyes. Uh, yeah, and people are around watching. I must flee ere Odin learns what I have done. And Baldur's like, Odin? And he's thinking to himself, I must go to him. But how can I face him who I have renounced? And it, it appears that no time has passed, but we find uh, Odin uh, in, his, in his chambers, and Baldur is there with his torn sleeve. And Odin says, Approach the presence, loyal Balder. I know what hath occurred. And still thou callest me loyal? What else shall I call thee, noble one? Thou hast forsaken all to save thy friend. These be days of woe and anguish, days to shake the strongest faith. But goodness hath its power too. Let thy wound be cured, thy blade restored. And he, uh, does a sort of magic spell and lays Balder down on a uh, Viking ship bed. And uh, he says, Now rest you, Balder, that, that my son could rest as well. And he goes uh, off into his throne room, and the Warriors Three are there, along with a guy who looks a lot like Darth Vader. And he says, Warriors, ho! Odin hath mission for one of thee. And Fandral says, our swords, our hearts, our very lives are now and ever thine. Dashing Fandral, Hogan and thou shall serve in other ways. Now to do what must be done, I summon Vociferous Volstagg. And Volstagg stands up and he's like, I hear and obey, my liege. Volstagg stands ready. Let lesser men tremble. Volstagg, sire? 
Volstag, says Fandral, a time like this for royal jest? Be thou silent, Fandral. Odin now doth speak. And Odin is talking to Volstag here, and Vol- Volstag is down in one knee in front of Odin. Thou must earthward speed to warn my son that Hela there doth seek him. As Dr. Blake, he must remain and ne'er the mighty Thor. For the Thunder God will Hela search, but the Thunder God she must not find. Now I see thee go. And he waves his hand, and we have another comet sort of thing flying out towards Earth, and it's Volstagg this time. Tis done, and so the cosmic game begins, says Odin. And he turns on his cosmic voyeuroscope and uh, looks through it, and he sees that uh, Volstagg is indeed on Earth. And Odin says, He hath arrived. And the vizier is suddenly next to Odin, and he says, But what if he reaches not thy son in time? Volstagg shall have time enow. Odin hath a plan whereby to cause the goddess Hela great delay. Tis good, my lord. For even now, methinks, from her dread domain she doth depart. And we do shift scenes, and we see Hela is leaving Asgard, or leaving Hell, uh, to go to Earth. And she says, The time is come for Thor to feel my fatal touch, and so to Earth forthwith I go. I garb myself in earthly raiment, and now to walk amongst men once again. So... Uh, Hela's changed into a kind of a, a cloak and she's got like one of these big old bearskin hats like like a, a Soviet hat so so obviously Hela is a communist and she appears in an alleyway and we get a couple of goons you got a sort of uh, I don't know kind of a thief looking guy with a red ball cap I'm surprised it doesn't say make America great again on it and then we have a, a black guy there too and the guy's like Hey, we're in luck. Here comes just what we're looking for. The broad luck's loaded. But look at the size of her. Is she on stilts or something? Who cares? Long as she got some bread. And the two of them jump in front of Hella, and she's like, Stand aside, you block my way. Shut up. Just hand over your dough and make it fast. Why is she looking at you like that? And the guy pulls his gun out, and we can see he's got a gap in his teeth. <laughs> and, uh, he's he's going to shoot her, and he's like, You think I'm kidding, huh? Don't think I'll shoot, huh? I care not what you may do. Maybe it's a trap. Maybe, maybe she's a plant. Don't take any chances. You don't have to tell me twice. And he shoots Hella, and nothing happens. And he's like, She's just standing there. Arise. Look at her eyes. And uh, we get a close-up of Hela's eyes, and there's little skulls in her eyes. And she says, It was not yet your time, but since life means so little to you that you would take another's, I shall hasten your entrance into my silent realm. And she casts a little bit of a spell on them, and the two goons go down, and they are dead. And we get a close-up now of her. She looks a lot like the classic Black Widow, basically. Uh, she's got this like black cape thing, and like I said, the big old uh, Soviet-style fur hat. And now there must be no further delay, for Hela must find the God of Thunder. And she goes stalking off. And and this is interesting because you know we don't often see Hela without her mask, so this is kind of interesting. But yeah, she's just like. 
your typical zombie summer uh, pretty girl. And she's walking by, uh, you know, alleyways, and she's like in a slum or something. And there's a, a like a dog here, and it's cowering and shaking. And and she looks at it and says, "Even the most humble beast trembles at my presence, at Hala, who is the final friend of all who live. But hold, at last I sense the one I seek. He is in a far distant part of this tiny planet, but time and space mean not to me." And Hella kind of does this swoosh thing, and she casts a spell, and she transports herself to, looks like Mexico or Spain, and it's a bull ring, and there's a bullfight going on, and Thor is there, apparently, um, yeah, fighting a bull. And Hella appears there, and she says, Where's Hella wouldst go, there shall Hella be. I know not why the son of Odin is in a place like this found, but not for me is why or wherefore. Death no questions asks, nor answers gives. And we see Thor tossing around this bowl, and she she waves her hand, and Thor dissolves. So that's a little bit weird. And she says, What wonderment is this? Before Hela's eyes the Asgardia doth fade. In truth, twas not the mighty Thor, but an illusion to deceive me. Yet to what avail? None can long elude me. Again I sense the thunder god. Again comes Hela to the sight. And she comes into this uh, mountain valley, and uh, this, this captions kind of explaining what's going on here. But there's an avalanche happening, and we see Thor whipping his hammer around to you know, keep the rocks and the snow from, from destroying the, the town. A massive avalanche bids fair to crush the helpless hamlet nestled far below. But Thor now wields enchanted Mjolnir, and a mystic wind is born, a wind which carries harm away, and so the town is saved. But he who saved it now must fall. And she tries to blast Thor, but again, it turns out not to be real, and the image just kind of goes away. But no, again has Hela been deceived. The one I strike is but a lifeless image. And now my deadly wrath doth mount. And we shift scenes, and we get a couple panels here of Odin and the Vizier, and they're in Asgard, and they're looking at a big old fire, which I'm assuming is some kind of voyeuroscope or something, anyway. And the Vizier says, Thine illusions, sire, have served thee well. Aye, wise Vizier, we have gained my son the time he doth need. Now we are Hela can achieve her goal. Volstag shall have reached my prince. And we shift scenes again, and we are back on Earth and Volstag. And it seems uh, Volstag is trying to take the subway, but he doesn't have any tokens. But he's trying to go through the gate anyway, and it's causing a lot of destruction. Uh, Can't fit through the turnstile because he's so fat, and he ends up smashing it. And the cops are trying to stop him, and they're like, Heard it, fat stuff. No one gets in here without a token. Tolkien, what hath Volstagg know of Tolkien's? Thou witless churl, unhand me, lest in my lordly range I smite thee. And the, the, the other cop is like, let him go, Bernie, it ain't worth it. He's probably in a hurry to get back to the funny farm. I keep expecting someone to say, smile, your uncandid camera, which is a uh, cultural reference there that I'm betting a lot of you won't get. And Volstagg goes down into the subway, and he's uh, taking the train. And there's a um, 
a portly woman on the train, and he's offering her a seat, and and uh, Volstagg says, Damsel rejoice, fortune now doth smile upon thee. Thou art offered a seat by valiant Volstagg, who finds thee fairest of the fair. And she's like, Get lost, creep, before I call the fuzz. Nay, do not swoon, my lady. Let not my heroic charm overwhelm thee. I guess at this point they didn't really... I don't, they didn't take Volstagg's marriage very seriously. They they did establish at this point that Volstagg is married, and we'll, we'll revisit that at the end. So then we shift scenes again, and they're at the hospital where we find Dr. Don Blake. And the, a nurse has come into Don Blake's office or his laboratory or whatever, and she's like, Doctor, there's someone named Volstagg to see you. He said he'd have been here sooner, but they detained him at the psycho ward. Volstagg, show him in quickly, says Blake. And uh, we see uh, Volstagg sitting in a chair in Blake's office. Then they've been talking. So Loki betrayed me. I might have known. Now Hela will search for me on Earth instead of Asgard. But she'll still be seeking Thor, not Donald Blake. Not for an instant must Thor appear, says Volstagg. Death's mistress would sense thee, and would be all over. But I cannot hide from her forever. At any rate, return, old friend. You've done your share. The rest is up to me. So then we shift back to uh, Hela, and she is airwalking in the city, so she's really not even making a pretense of being normal anymore. And she comes to the scene of a fire, and a bunch of firemen at the, uh, the fire... And she's thinking to herself, Here within this city I sense my prey, but something is amiss. Though Thor is here, there is no Thor. Yet Hela may not be denied, she says out loud. If I cannot reach the Thunder God, then he must come to me. So she goes She goes and starts shooting her death rays at the firemen, and is aging them. So this is like what we saw earlier in the issue. Hide though he may, the call of duty shall bring him forth. And the firemen are like, what's happening? All of a sudden, feel so strange. Getting tired, weak, and and old. I'm aging in a matter of seconds. What's happening to us? It's not possible, but we're about to die of old age. And because we have the uh, you know, Marvel Universe Insta News, we have that announcement on the radio. Firemen mysteriously aging, unable to save the victims of a blazing building. <laughs> uh, and Blake is like, I don't know what it means, but if something isn't done, innocent people will die in the flames. And no matter the risk, Thor shall say death nay. And he bangs his stick on the ground, changes to Thor, and he is flying to the place where the fire is. And he says, only one hath the power to make men age. Only one wouldst fain toy with helpless life. But hold, what tragedy doth loom? Victims poised upon window ledges, and none to lend them aid. And so Thor comes swooping in, and he says, Mortals, hear the words of Thor. I say thee, take heart. And he he tears the he tears the ladder off of the fire engine, which seems to me to be counterproductive. But you know, they, he could have just like moved the fire engine or something. I don't know. Anyway, so. Uh, he moves the uh, ladder closer to the building, so all the people are, are climbing on the ladder, and 
Thor's holding up the ladder, and they're all saying, like, it's a miracle. He's saving us all. And then the uh, fire is not, I guess, done a lot of damage to the building, so bits falling off it. And somebody's like, oh, no, the whole building's starting to collapse. There's dozens more trapped inside. And Thor goes uh, in the building. He's trying to hold it up. Uh, and somebody says, look, he's stopping it from falling by the strength of his own body. But the fire, it's still raging. Thor starts whipping his hammer around to, uh, I guess, summon rain. And he's like, the flame shall rage no more. As I be god of thunder, I summon forth the rain. And starts pouring down rain. And Thor's yeah, trying to save the building still. And there's a, a dark silhouette in the rain. And, and the voice, well done, son of Odin. Your final deed has been most noble. Hello. I knew I wouldst find thee here, but as Thor was battle-born, so shall he die. Raise not your hammer, defy me and the helpless mortals fall. And we see the firefighters are getting older and older, almost skeletal at this point. And she, but then she says, defy me and the hapless mortals fall. Yield and I take no lives but thine. And because Thor's all noble, he says, I... Cannot cause the death of others. The god of thunder yields. Then Hela has won. At last. And she does a little spell. And the firefighters are back to normal. They're not old anymore. And now she claims her prize. And she is encroaching upon Thor. And of course we have the next issue, Borb. Next, the awesome end. And that is Thor number 189. And we'll be talking about that right after this. Two hundred and twenty-nine different characters spanning the galaxies of the Legion of Superheroes, presented across seven comic book issues. A new miniseries as part of the Who's Who podcast. To handle this many characters, the Irredeemable Shag is bringing in a ringer. Or maybe we should call them Flight Ringers. Who's who in the Legion of Superheroes? Who's who in the Legion of Superheroes? Who's who in the Legion of Superheroes? the Legion of Superheroes? in the Legion of Superheroes? The Legion of Superbloggers team up to present Who's Who in the Legion of Superheroes, a three-episode miniseries in 2017, part of the Who's Who podcast on the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Long live the Legion. And we're back, and of course we do have a few things to say about the issue, because of course we do, because we always do. Uh, so, I, actually, it's funny to get back to this after being away for so long. Um, not really used to this sort of compressed storytelling again. Uh, but looking at the, the issue, it is a very straightforward story. I mean, it, there's not a lot of, of you know complex ideas here. It's just one beat to the next beat. And anyone who says the Stan Lee can't write hasn't read these issues. This is a brilliantly written issue. As it's like, it, it sounds, it has that voice that Stan's comics always have. Um, artwork, I think, is, is by and large, it's really good. Um, there's a lot of panels in here that really, to me, look like Sal. So I'm wondering if Sal did an art assist on this. And 
yeah, there's because it's very clearly panels that are are John Buscema. They they you know they don't look like anyone but John Buscema. But some of these is panels, and I'm thinking specifically of uh, like page eight where we have Balder versus Thor. The the figures really to me just scream out Sal Buscema. So I really don't know if uh, if Sal was doing a, an art assist on this issue or not. But Loki definitely all throughout looks like a John Buscema Loki, but not the typical John Buscema Loki that we're used to later. Uh, it's sort of the, the more shriveled, ugly Loki. This is actually a more vital, stronger looking Loki. So I guess the, you know, I guess the needs of the story kind of show us what, <laughs> what we need to do. Um, there's a lot of ideas bouncing around in this story. Everything from you know, Loki's mystic sword fight, which is, you know, I mean, this whole thing is, is forgotten. You know, he injures Balder, and then that's pretty much it. And we never hear about the mystical sword again. Um, we've got um, the sudden disappearance of uh, of the Warriors Three, uh, and we have the the sudden appearance of the Vizier on, uh, on page twelve and thirteen, which is really strange because you know Hogan and Fandral really were still there, so it's not really clear what's going on. Some of the storytelling being a little bit soft. We also have this strange scene where we have Volstagg hitting on this lady on the subway train. Now, in his very first appearance, Stan and Jack established that Volstagg was married and that he was, in fact, afraid of his wife. Now, of course, many years later, we would actually have Volstagg's wife and his children as major characters in the series. But at this point, it makes you kind of wonder is is Volstagg a little bit of a philanderer and I think that probably what happened was that Stan just plain forgot um, the scene with the muggers trying to mug Hella is is a just brilliantly drawn scene it, it it's a really really well done it's the kind of thing that I think that we're used to now but I can imagine back in 1971 that that was that was actually kind of chilling it didn't happen very often back in the 60s and 70s that a character, you know, even like a short-lived character like these, would just be struck dead, period, dead, dead. The illusion thing is kind of weird. It's I, I, I kind of wonder how Odin came up with these particular ideas. I mean, we have Thor bullfighting apparently just for the sake of Thor bullfighting. <laughs> I mean, I can understand Thor saving a you know an alpine village from an avalanche, but... Uh, why would Thor be bullfighting? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But anyway, uh, for the most part, really brilliantly drawn. Even though, like I said, a lot of it looks like, like Sal's work. So like I said, it makes me wonder if, if Sal was assisting on the art. Um, but by and large, I like the issue, like the art, like the story. And it is fun to be back in this era again. So we'll see how this unfolds over the next few issues. Oh, before I go, I, I do need to uh, thank uh, Slimy Entrails for leaving us an iTunes review. We love iTunes reviews. If you want to give us an iTunes review, please do so. It helps other people find the show. And uh, you can also, if you want to get involved, we have a Facebook group. You can come to Facebook, look for Radio Free Asgard, and you will find us. There have been a few people who have been uh, attempting to join who I believe are fake people. So... If you are uh, somebody who I don't know, um, 
I'll probably drop you an email saying, hey, you know, thanks for applying to, to join the page. Uh, if you let us let me know what era of Thor is your favorite. And if you could get back to me, then I'll know that you're a real person. I do actually look at the new people who apply and if they have mutual friends or they are active in other groups, if they're not just you know, one of those bots that joins groups, because we've had a few of those try to join in the past. So just uh, yeah, just be aware that you might get an email from me saying, hey, what's your favorite era of Thor, blah, blah, blah. And if you respond to me, then I will, of course, uh, I'll let you in. But of course, any uh, you know, ad bots or anything like that coming in, we're going to try to keep them out. And, and if we do accidentally let one through, then we're going to be sure to hammer them down as quickly as we can. All right. And with that, we are wrapping up the show. Thanks very much for listening. And it's time for me to go back over the Rainbow Bridge. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the invincible sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.